Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 114. Excuse me while I have a bit of feedback in my ear, but uh, the show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter, Ace Podcast Nation, also your home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click that bell for notifications and of course you can follow uh, just the football shows at AC Footy Show on all social media platforms. And if you prefer the audio versions of not just this show, but all the other shows we do at uh, your favourite podcast or radio platform, just search Ace Podcast Nation and you'll get uh, nearly, nearly 400 shows. But um, just as we wait for those various chats to fill up a little bit, um, 
wanted to say a couple of things before I get to the usual thanks. I wanted to give a brand new thanks. Uh, thanks to all the viewers, listeners, particularly the ones who watch on YouTube, uh, because the channel as a whole uh, went over uh, two two hundred and fifty thousand views uh, altogether in the, the last day or so. So I really appreciate that. I really appreciate all the support uh, to go over quarter of a million views is uh, something I didn't expect when I started it off so uh, that's really cool and uh, thank you all but uh, also a massive thank you to uh, Black Diamond Sports Black Diamond Sports uh, for all their support around the show and everything like that really appreciate it they uh, are a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world for more information you can visit their social media pages and of course their website links to which are in the description below and at the closing credits and uh, today's sponsor is uh, none other than Bespoke Financial and Darren Ralston. Darren Ralston of Bespoke Financial is giving away a free will worth £140 at the moment with any new policy. So uh, give him a call, check out this amazing offer. And uh, as I've said before, don't miss out on it because in the world we live in now, I think uh, it's a vital, a vital tool to have. And of course, he's looked after Andy for, for many a year. Uh, so get involved, give them a ring, see what they get, see what they got to offer, links to which in the description. You can also get Darren's direct number off myself or Andy uh, if you'd prefer to go down that route. But uh, we're very proud to partner up with such a top class brand and they, uh, they provide award winning service. But uh, with no further ado, let's get into it. Joining me as ever, the, the co-host with the most, the goal collector, the fox in the box, still the king of the Millennium Stadium, the QPR dream killer. He is David Jones' favourite son, ex-Card City and Middlesbrough striker, Mr Andy Campbell. How goes it, my friend? Um, uh, yeah, I'm good. I, I, I think I've been outdone, by the way, today on this uh, on this intro. This that, that was the best intro. That's that for the first time in about a year. My, I've, had, I've had the hair stand up on the back of my neck because I felt as I was back in the football stadium with, uh, with, with mm -hmm. the fans singing Kenwood's name. That was, uh, that was excellent, that. Really, really well done. It was excellent. But uh, this is... This is going to be special. Um, I've I've got to know our guests uh, inside and out over the last uh, few months or so. Uh, we've had, had some had some good laughs together. We've uh, we're we, we, we're going to we're going to do a project together, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on a little bit. But um, but yeah, I'm really intrigued to uh, to dig deep into Kenwin's amazing career. Super indeed, indeed, mate. I'm uh, I'm very excited to welcome tonight's guest, ex Southampton, Sunderland, Stoke City, Cardiff City striker, plus a host of other clubs from around the world. He made over ninety appearances at international level for Trinidad and Tobago. It is none other than Mr. Kenwyn Jones. Welcome, Kenwyn. How are you, mate? I'm fine. Uh, I almost thought you were daunting at the moment. What? A... <laughs> what? A... <laughs> I, uh, what a... It's not gonna it's not gonna be a letdown though. The fight won't be a letdown though, Kenwin. That's the that's the thing though. <laughs> fight a different That's it, mate. The fight uh, will be the, the big deal. I don't even care about the fight anymore. Just the introduction was <laughs> <laughs> Hey it was but a great it was a great it was a great intro. Great intro. Thank you for having me. Um great intro. To be on the on, on your podcast. Um and I'm not gonna lie, I turned down many of these because I, I don't wanna be speaking about the same things over and over, but I just I just yeah, yeah. had you came highly recommended, so I thanks. Do, I thanks. Do. Just, just, just on that, Kenwin. Obviously, the the intro. You know what I mean? With is that is that something you miss? Is that is that something you miss with, with the way that you can interact with fans or fans can relate to you? Do you, do you miss all that? Um, to be always to, to to be to be to be to be fair, it's not really. You know, I, I enjoyed the time that I had, but I, I can't say that I'm missing football now, mate. Um, 
I'm relaxing. The sun's the sun's fine. <laughs> I don't have any problems. But it's always it's always good to hear now and then, you know, um, you know, fans are already thinking and, and, and going back over those times. But I'm I'm okay at the moment. Yeah, and, and you know what? We've said this. I've said it a number of times when when people have asked me a question that um, would I t- would I turn the clock back? No, because I was happy with what I did. What I did, you know what I mean. I, I, it, it wasn't always uh, it wasn't always nice being a being a footballer. It was an amazing time, but it was hard work, you know. So it's it's sometimes you don't want to relive those hard moments, those tough moments, those physical moments. So sometimes once you've done it, move on and just and just embrace what you've what you've achieved or what you've done. You're over it, you know. Um, I think I think people think that. I mean, there's some guys that 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 want to be back um, playing football, but to be honest with you, I'm happy with the, the, the time that I played football um, for everything that's going on. And and if you look at now, because of the, the pandemic, you know, um, it's it's not that fun anymore. You know, oh, it's yeah, like, and so I'm, I'm happy with what I've got and, and what I did, but but I don't miss it. Good answer. Yeah. Good start. As, uh, as Donna says there, Kenwin. You won't get asked the same questions here as you get asked <laughs> No, you certainly won't. You certainly won't. I, not of, uh, not of our viewers. I can see that. Thank you, Donna. I'm going to get uh, all sorts of random questions, no doubt. But um, I think what we like to do first uh, is we'll uh, we'll go with the Magnificent Seven. I'm going to clean my glasses so I can read and see. But uh, So with the Magnificent Seven, uh, Kenwin, what that is, seven quick-fire questions for the viewers to uh, to get to know you, get to know your taste a little bit. And uh, maybe just get a feel for what you like and what you don't like. Always a bit of fun, but uh, not nothing too too strenuous. Nothing uh, too disturbing, I don't think. Although I do like to throw a little grenade in there now and again. So we'll see. See what I came up with. We'll see. We'll see. See now. My, my, my dad was in the military. I know how to dodge grenades, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Well, we'll see now then. That's a challenge, right? I like a challenge. Let's see. Okay, Kenwin Jones, the Magnificent Seven. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. That's the easy one. Fa- yeah, that's the easy one out of the way. Favourite TV show? Oh, wow. That depends. I don't really even watch TV anymore, to be honest. But uh, I would have to say my last, the best um, TV show I've watched recently was, is it, is it Marcella? Or, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcella, yeah, the crime Marcella, thing with them. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a trip. That was an absolute trip. You're missing yeah, the UK then, Kenwin, because the TV in the UK is just amazing. Uh, yeah, they, they always have some... some <laughs> Different point of views on on any topic, really. So I think I, I prefer that than than TV from anywhere else. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I can't even remember the last time I watched like live TV. I watched it probably at least two years. Like, like everything else, so you know, um, you get all of these series going on, and 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 they're getting really creative. You know, it's not the same boring yeah. stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And if, and, 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 and if you're anything like us, you, you, you watch it all in one night anyway, so you, you get it all yeah. and you don't want to save yourself for the week anyway. It's probably done. That, that is the practice. Like, I just, I just, I just, like, today I just finished um, watching Ragnarok. Yes. That's, it's a Norwegian um, 
spin, I think, based on, on, on tour and, and all of that. So um, I'm itching for the second season to, to get going, to be honest. Oh, there you go. Like nice. So uh, next question is, uh, the angriest player you ever played with, plus an example, if you can. <laughs> oh, wow, 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 angry. That's a lot of players you, you could be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. You know, I can't seem to think of any because, to be honest with you, um, I think I, 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 I played with a lot. But in my first um, spell at Stoke City, I would go with Taggart. Big man. He was. He, he was. Uh, yeah. He was. It was hard to play against. Very tough to very play against. Hard. Wasn't he? Very, he was yeah, very tough. Bad. He was, was nailed. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was. He was old school. I, that's how I'd probably explain him on here. Old school and horrible and. Yeah. 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 Nasty. Yeah. Nasty. Nasty guy. Nasty. Okay, let's, uh, let's ramp it up a little bit then. Uh, toughest opponent you've ever played against? Is that singular or as a team? Singular. <sighs> um, I would think, I would think, I mean, that, that, that changed over time. I, I, I've had some known players, some relatively unknown players that, that were just annoying. Um, but I think I'll have to say Tarkovsky from Burnley. He's, okay, yeah. He, he was annoying. I mean, he was really strong as well, but he was annoying. He must, he, it was, was he young at the time then, Kenwin? Yeah, so you know it's going to be that lack Trying of to be keen. And he yeah, just, very keen. He, yeah. he, was, he, was, he was annoying. He yeah, he's one of those players, mind. I think is quite underrated. Um, you never sort of see his name being banded you know, around as. Well, when you say underrated, it depends on, on what you're talking about. Because in 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 the modern day type of football, I mean, he goes where he's supposed to be. Hmm. But if you're still reminiscent on that old school a defender, is just supposed to be, you know, just rugged, tackle hard, that type of thing. Um, he'll definitely be right up there. Yeah, I think that's always why though he's never really progressed on to play for his country because obviously coming yeah. up with the ball and he's never got he's never gone never gone on to move to a to a top probably top six, seven, ten side because of limitations and yeah, like Kenwin said, good defender, knows his limitations and old school yeah. defender. And and that's not a bad thing by the way. You know what I mean? People no, people, said about, people said that about John Terry, but you know what I mean, John ended up making a, an amazing living out of out of football especially for for his country. But not even uh, I think John Terry and himself he, he, he evolved a lot, you know. Uh, of course, they came up in a time where where, where that 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 cold nose defending was supposed to be the norm. But then, as soon as you had an influx of more continental managers and the style of football progressed over the years, obviously, in order to to, to remain at the top of his game, he had to to, to evolve and 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 be a little bit more. Of a player than just a defender. Yeah, agree. Yeah, 100%. Agree. Um, Sunderland or Stoke? <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, that, was one of the, that was one of those grenades. That was one of those grenades, Cameron. Uh, Cameron, that you could have. Um... There must be some sort of reasoning behind these questions, or for you to be to, for no, me to, just, to, to just, make a choice. It's just I random. Know, just ask everyone. Just random. We just ask anybody. He finds he finds two clubs that they played for and just asks between the two. 
Um, I was going to add Cardiff in there as well, but I thought like Stoke and Sunderland were the kind of two you spent the longest time with. So I thought. Um, so Interesting. I like it. Um, the toughest derby you've played in, northeast or South Wales? Uh, uh, northeast. Oof. Northeast. And then did you, play, uh, did, did you did you play in them both? Kenwin, did you play at Saint at St. James and Yes, I did. Um, to be honest with you, uh, the, the South Wales derby it was more about football. Maybe for the fans, it's different. You know, they had uh, a lot of fights and whatever. But in the northeast, it's it's never about football. It's just it's just all out war, whether you're on the yeah. pitch or not. so. That 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 was the toughest, to be honest. And this is something like that, that I spoke about, Sione, and I mean, I've spoken that obviously being being a, a northeast grown-up boy, man, um, played for Middlesbrough. We never really had a derby, you know. We, we used to we used to always class Sunderland and Newcastle as a derby because it was closest to us, but the, yeah. they didn't care about it as much as we cared about it. So it was never, even when we won or lost, it was they didn't make a big thing of it and they didn't really care if we made a big thing of it. So it didn't really matter. Like, Middlesbrough never had a derby. It's just a, it, was always a big, it was always a big letdown. Wayside derby and tiny way derby and all of that. Like, it's, 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 it's weird because I can remember... Um, the last game I played against Middlesbrough when they were in the Prem, it was, I mean, it was a tough, tough, tough night, though. Um, playing at the Riverside was, it was intense. I think we threw the game 1-1. Um, and it was, it, it seemed dark for some reason at that stadium. I don't know if it was the, the, the weather or not, but it seemed dark. I mean, it was tough, but you still don't get the sense of of a derby like when you're playing Newcastle or something like that. Just like, you know, people that absolutely treat each other on and off the pitch, no matter where you come from. Yeah, you can't beat those kind of games, you know what I mean? I know I know what you I know what you're saying about um it does mean more sad, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Obviously you you're you're a you're a Cardiff uh, Cardiff man boy through and through, watched and watched and supported your team through and it it does mean a lot of the sports, doesn't it, for Cardiff? Yeah, it, yes. does. it does. It does. It's 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 life and death. You know, it's a uh, wow, it's life and death. Yeah. You know, so, so it's not like, I mean, when you're, when you're, especially when you're a foreigner coming into these derbies, if you're not um, ingrained into the fabric of the club, you're not going to really get a sense of what the derby is. You know, um, so I, I, I was at the um, Sunderland for three years, still for three years, Southampton for three years. Um, but Sunderland was like my first printing so you know, um, being engrossed in the fabric of the club is something that I did pretty quickly. And when that came around, when that derby came around, it was ridiculous. Good, good. So um, the the final question is uh, always a good one, and uh, this is uh, who is the greatest Trinidadian who has ever lived. Doesn't have to be football related. Good question. Yeah. Oh. It depends. It depends on your reasoning there, though. But um, I'll have to say, it would be Dr. Eric Williams. He was our first prime minister. You got like a good it. answer that is, mate. Like I it. We've it. had uh, obviously Love we ask it. we ask every every guest, Kenwin. We ask if whatever country they're from. 
you know what I mean? I've had it. I've had it for me for England. We've had a lot of loads of English guests, Welsh guests, Scottish guests. Um, yeah, different milestones. So, I mean, if you categorize it, you know, in terms of sport and, and, and social engagements and that type of thing, I mean, I could give you one for each sector, you know. But um, overall, I'll, I'll have to give it to him. He was prime minister, so that was after we became we, we an um, independent minister. So, I'll have to give it to him. Good shout. I like it. I like that. I love that question because it's uh, Good answer. like whoever you are, whoever you ask, they've got it's always a different person, obviously, because it's different countries, but also also it's different reasons. So you might have someone who will give a footballer or they might be another athlete or someone who's inspired them when they were, you know, was one of their heroes. It could be we've had like politicians and. So yeah. I think we've had a couple of like, uh, Winston, like Winston, Churchill's, and... Winston Churchill's come up a few times, hasn't he? He's he's, he's, well, he's ended course, a few times. Of course, um, when you when you think about it holistically, um, of course you're gonna have um, you know some some yeah. some figures that Trump, you know, just yeah. sports icons and that type yeah. of thing. So. If um if you if you had time to think about it, you might come up with a different answer. You know, if I had, um, I, I I can't remember the answer I gave, but if I give a if I had time to think about it, I would think of a. Um, a, 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 someone more famous, but more local, who, who had an impact on me growing up. I think so. It'd be, uh, it'd be different. Yeah. It'd be different. Yeah, that's 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 kind of different. I mean, they're they only they're only a small island. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Less mm-hmm. people. Less <laughs> people. Yeah. Indeed. So um, yeah, we've got um, a few little bits to do then. So just before we do get to the questions, uh, as part of like. Because um, we hit that milestone milestone last night of a quarter of a million views, I decided uh, for the next feature, which is Tell Me Why, normally I pick three questions for the guest and Andy to have 60 seconds to answer. But what I did this morning as a, as a thank you to the people is uh, I asked for some suggestions from people on Facebook, see if they had any uh, questions that they wanted included in this feature. Uh, so a couple made it. Um, so basically, Ken, what we're going to do now is I ask uh, you and Andy a question and you've got 60 seconds to kind of talk about it and answer the question. Um, first and foremost, do you want to go first or second? It matters not. So I'll tell you what, we'll let, we'll let, uh, we'll let age, age go first and we'll, uh, we'll throw it to Andy to start us off and, uh, defi- say again mate sorry terrible uh, I, I get picked on disrespectful mate you can't bring I up get picked, i get i get picked on all the time mate it's because you know the worst do you know what the worst thing is we're the same age oh just about. <laughs> there's like a there's like a year in it or something madness I, i'm just I, well i'm yeah i'm 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 older than you it's scary isn't it scary this father. only it's a little scary. bit now i'm 40 I look this a year. baby i look a baby compared to you well, that's him. It's, I, 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 age is hitting me, mate. So, um, first question, Andy, for you is uh, <clears throat> looking at the impact that Mick, Mick McCarthy has had at Cardiff City, taking them from potential relegation battle to playoff contenders in, in four games, basically. How and why does a new manager have such a galvanizing effect on teams upon their arrival? And your 60 seconds starts now. 
Um, I think new managers have an impact on players because um, players of, from an old manager just down tools sometimes and it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. New managers come in and players can reinvent themselves. And I'm not on about the players who are there all the time. I'm on about the players who aren't getting the game and aren't in the 16 or the 18. So they're given the chance to, to reinvent themselves at a club, get a fresh start. Um, obviously, the, Mick McCarthy, I'll use as an example, he's come in his past four games, two, uh, five games, two draws, three wins. He's changed formations, he's, he's changed personnel, he's put young players into the squad, he's given something like five young players a debut in the, in the, in the past two, three weeks, which is absolutely amazing for the young boys. Um, and I just think it gives players an opportunity to just have a fresh start. You know, I know loads of other managers say get a fresh start, but it doesn't always materialise, it doesn't always happen. But Mick McCarthy showed Cardiff City players, supporters, owners, all the other, all, all the other managers that a fresh start is possible for somebody else. How long is that? Spot on, mate. Three seconds left. Well in. Good oh. good stuff. I like that. Well nice and easy. Uh, so, Kenwin, same question for you, really. Why do mu- uh, new managers have such an effect on teams when they come in? And uh, your 60 seconds starts now. I think I'll have to agree with Andy. Um, also, it all, de- it, it all depends on on the, the, the length of time that a manager was there before, before he gets let go. Um, I think it's very difficult. You know, we've had some exceptional cases with managers where they have been at, at clubs five, six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen years. But um, sometimes the the the, the tips and the and the and the knowing that that manager kind of gets a little bit stale after some time. So then everyone gets in a comfort zone, and um, having a, a fresh face and a blank slate for players is is what is most important. Like just like Andy said, players that haven't been there again, young players to come in. And revitalize squads that 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 help them to push on. Good stuff, mate. I like it. Thirty seconds left there. I was so yeah, no, but twelve seconds to go, so not not too uh, bad at all. I like that. Can can we on that though? Because you said something you said something interesting there. You you, you said about uh, about players getting stale, and I, and I see managers in the same boat as that. You know, what I mean, managers get stale as well, and. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you said earlier on you stayed at Southampton for three years, Stoke City for three years, Southampton, uh, Sunderland for three years. Is that do you think? And about right time to to not become stale, so you can move on a little bit. Not necessarily, but still at the same time, it, it depends on the circumstances. You know, um, um, Southampton to, to to Sunderland for me at that point in time, it was the time to actually push on to the next level to to um, to, to try and test myself a little. Um, and from Stoke to from Sunderland to Stoke. Um, that came at a different time where, where things were beginning to be a little bit still. Um, Sunderland itself were going through too many changes and it, it didn't have stability. So uh, getting into a, a more stable environment was, was, was a little better for me yeah. at that point. Um, I mean, then you see the managers, like some of them last five, six years, and then and then yeah. it's time to move on because what, what you would have gotten away with at that time after after a certain period, you don't get away with it anymore. So yeah, you're exactly. have to change. You're gonna have to try and push that onto someone else, yeah. uh, a fresh bunch of guys that they can can put forward. I think Mourinho's like that, side, isn't he? You know what I mean, Mourinho. He's yeah. about Mourinho. He gets he seems to get stale. He seems to get bored a little bit, itchy feet that he wants to go and try a different country or a different team or come back to somewhere. He's he's very erratic when it comes to yeah. things like that. But also, it's a personality issue, you know. Um, a place for a long time causes a and then and in different type of um, reaction from players, from fans, and that type of thing. So he, he 
he is a perfect example of, of someone who has to keep it moving after maybe two, yeah. three years in, in a job. Yeah, I agree. Spot on. So um, the second question uh, came from Rob Boyle. And uh, he said, uh, why is Gareth Bale a shadow of himself from just a couple of years ago? Um, and Ken, when you can go first, I think, on this one to give it give you a fair shake. Um, I mean, to be, to, be, to be honest, I think players generally, after playing so much football, and I don't think fans understand um, how much football these guys are playing, um, they, they tend to go from all the different competitions into international football without actually getting a proper break. And when you run your but when you're a high performance athlete and you run your body down to that to that or your mind down I'd say, after some time you do need like a little break and a press start somewhere. Unfortunately for him he's land with a manager that that is very intensive mentally. So he, he, he doesn't have the opportunity to come in in with a with a with a with a back in Yes, he's come back to Tottenham, but at the same time, he needs a bit of a a little bit of freedom for him to go and 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 regain his 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 ability. Spot on. Look at that. Seven seconds to go. Beautifully done. Like that. that was well. I really, I like that. I like because that it's wasn't like necessarily that wasn't necessarily the route I was thinking of if I was yeah, doing today. So I'd be interested enough. with what Andy says. But I love I love that coming from a uh, an ex player. Uh, who's played at the top level as well? So mm. knows what he's talking about, Andy. Uh, yeah, so totally you, agree. you also being an ex-player who played at a level, you should be able to also. <laughs> <laughs> you should also be able to give an extensive answer. Of course, for six, sixty seconds. So tell me why. Start now. Um, Gareth Bale has gone stale in my opinion because I think he's gone back to a club which he was idolised, he was a hero and it should never have been, it should never have happened I don't think you, for me you, you, you ever return especially to a club he did so well and had so much success, for me there was other avenues other, other countries that he would have had a better fit, for me the MLS would have been a perfect fit for him personally um, I know he tried to go to China or the move nearly went to China uh, probably a season ago which, um, which would have been a, a short term move and I think it would it would have given him that little bit of energy. He would have been a superstar where he's come to the Premier League and he's probably not the biggest name in the Tottenham Hospital dressing room, never mind the Premier League anymore. So he's gone from being a Galactico one minute to being not the best player in the training ground the next minute. And I feel sorry and, I, and, I, and a little bit... I, I don't like that, you know what I mean? Because for me, the Harry Canes, um, um, the, the Sons have took over that mantle for me and they're, and they're far superior players than, than he is at the minute. Well done, mate. One second to go. One second to go. Oh, that's beautifully timed. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think the only thing I'd add to that as a, as a Welshman as well is like Gareth Bale for Wales oh, over the, the past five, six years has been in, incredible. And even when he was turning up, having not played for Madrid for like the whole break between the two internationals, like he was still giving 100%. He'd still turn up every time, turn up with knocks, turn up with injuries. And he, well, right there, you said it. At the end of the day, it's not a, it's not a case of having some knocks or whatever. Um, I think mentally, for uh, any footballer, out there, you want to be in a in a zone where you're absolutely comfortable, yeah. where you know you're going to get the back in your love, um, and they would allow you to to go out and play your best because you mean that much. Um, going back to the situation now, it, it could have turned out either way. 
if if it was a different manager and he went back there, let us say it was a, an Ancelotti or, or someone, mm. at the end of the day, I think that he would have had the opportunity to slowly build and get himself back in shape. Mm. Um, well, who got, who, who got the best out of him, Ken? When it was Harry Redknapp. If, if Harry would still be the manager now, you know what I mean? Old school, he would put him in the team, he would play him, he'd be, a, he'd be an well, outlet, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's tactics to be honest with you, um, <laughs> as much as <laughs> as much as people talk about Harry Redknapp, he, he's not really that inviting. You know what I mean? No, uh, no, no. I, I, I can tell you firsthand at, at when Gareth went there um, for his two years, he was being dubbed absolutely dubbed by by Harry Redknapp himself. I think it just got to the point where on that third year, he didn't have a choice but to play him. And as well, it was a bit of a spillover from Southampton into to, to Spurs when he went there as well under Harry Redknapp. Because Harry didn't like, he, he does not like to play young players. He's never been that guy. So giving them the opportunity to be able to flourish, he does, he does not do that. Yes, he's done it in the past with Frank, Frank is his nephew and, and Rio and Joe Poland there, but he didn't have a choice at that time. Um, when, when it came to Spurs, he played him a few games, he didn't do that well, he didn't give him any confidence at all in those first two years to be able to put on. And then in the third year he didn't have a choice but to play him because when you when you start getting um messages from the hierarchy, you have to do such and such. Then your hands are tied. And it came at the perfect point for Gareth because um, like I said, how you don't have a choice. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 what I, what I feel sorry for Gareth Bale because he's, he's, he's an outlet. I see, I, see, I see a lot of Spurs tactics. He's very defensive, you know what I mean? That, yeah. well, apart, from Everton, apart, from, apart from the Everton game the other day, you know what I mean, which was a free-for-all for everybody, it was, that wasn't a Mourinho team, you know what I mean? So everything is defensive. It's, it's everyone behind the ball and it doesn't suit him. And that, that right there, that right there, it wasn't a Mourinho team. It's not, it's not something that he, he, he would usually do. At the end of the day, Mourinho has never been an offensive coach. You know what I mean? So, in in, in my ideal reality, um, you would play Hoiberg and Sissoko behind or, or, or Ndombele and you play Gareth Bale off of off of, of King. You have Sun on one yeah. side, you have Lucas or Bergwin mm-hmm. or even Deli Ali. You, you mix it up between yeah. Deli Ali and, and, and Gareth. Let him play on the inside because he's not going to sprint down the wing anymore. Most of his injuries have been muscular injuries. It hasn't been uh, ligaments and joints and that type of thing. He's not going to sprint down the wing, but you want him to pick up those places where he could either play people through or have a shot on goal. You don't want him. But he won't play. He, he won't do it again, though. He won't play those tactics again because he looks. He made himself look stupid. Exactly. The way he defended, the way he just won up. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like for him, he has to he has to build the team where they they're gonna stick to that regiment and and players are human beings as well. You get tired of 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 being rigid, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I mean, that's why you find so many people in and out of teams because they can't play with that rigid style, especially for a game that is supposed to bring you so much joy. When you have defensive managers like that, it it, it is tiring. Yeah, yeah, it's got to suck. It's got to suck the enjoyment out of it, and I got like you've only got to look at Deli Ali, mate. Um, like Deli Ali, uh, li- literally two years ago was like 
England's hottest new new thing. He was in the England and side. Mean, and he's pretty young, so he's still on the rise. But please tell me, how can Deli Ali go from being a very good footballer to not even sometimes getting in on the bench or even getting minutes uh-huh. on? The- if you watch, uh, if you if you watch the Amazon the Amazon Prime thing where Marie, it's it's the year is a transition where Pochettino lost his job, Mourinho took over, and in the first team meeting, Mourinho picked him out in a in a uh, in a video call, um, a meeting, and just said, uh, "Where's Delhi?" And Delhi put his hand up and he went, "You're lazy in training. Everybody's told me. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like he, he knew his limitations or he knew things weren't were, were right, and he's, he's like he's pushed, he's pushed, he's pushed." And he's never got the best out of him because you know what I mean. I look at I look at uh, what he got out of um, the Franks, Lampards, the Joe Coles, the John Terry's, the other English players by putting their arm around them, by playing them, and getting the best out of them. He had an opportunity to do this again, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it but because for he, every, he's pushed him away. But for every John Terry and Joe Cole and Frank Lampard, there is with Mourinho. There's also a Luke Shaw and a Gareth. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah you know, now at, at Deli Ali because, like, Luke Shaw, like I said the other day, mate, and I don't want to repeat myself, but, like, at the moment, Luke Shaw's probably the best left full-back in the Europe. Yeah, and uh, Jose, Jose Mourinho, he, on form, I mean. I know, like, this, I know this is a British show, but please, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. All right, on form, on form. He's, 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 I bet you can't guess. I bet you can't guess who size supports. I bet you can't guess who size supports. Cardiff City. Man United. I know. I'm having this crap again. Don't even start it. The. Um, I my point I, being, size. I think what you like is the fact that after six years, he's actually picked his form back up. I think yeah, that's the point that you like because at the end of the day, for him, it's it's he went from. Southampton being literally one of the best um, fullbacks in Europe, yeah. to have like four or five years of absolutely nothing. Mm. So right. I mean, you have to. Same as Ali, wasn't it? He wasn't yeah, even in the squad yeah. after time. Well, I mean, pick back up form, but at the end of the day, um, certain certain players are not for for certain managers. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. That's a great way Spot to finish on. that bit. Yeah, yeah. And. Um, the, the final question of Tell Me Why, um, we'll go back to Andy to go first, uh, was sent in by Craig Sullivan. And I, I really like this question um, because I feel like you'll both be able to give a good insight into it. Um, the question is, should there be a transfer window, yes or no, and, uh, and why? And uh, Andy, your 60 seconds starts now. Uh, yes, I do believe that there's got to be a transfer window, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't always agree with um, the two transfer windows: the one, at, the one at Christmas, and the one at the start of the season. For me, I'd like all clubs to do all the business at the start of the season, and that's a manager's as well. So a manager in the team has an opportunity to do a full season, so nobody gets a sack. Players can have an opportunity to play a full season under under a manager. So if they're underachieving. They can get themselves out of it. He can he can use utilize his squad. He can play some younger players. He gives opportunities to younger players instead of bringing in a new player, uh, an experienced player on a lot of money. So the youth doesn't get an opportunity. Uh, and like I've just said about managers as well. So it stops this mer- managers merry go round with uh, managers getting the sack and and then other managers to getting their place or, or, or taking a manager who's already got a job. I just think it's it's it's. It, but it, I think there's got to be some kind of structure with bringing players in. Yes, good shot, mate. Four seconds to go. Well done. And uh, same question for you, Kenwin. I'll be a lot shorter than that. I think there mm. should be transfer windows. I just think that you should remove the expecting that you have to do business, especially in the winter transfer windows. Mm. 
I like it. I like it. Good shout. I like um, it. I, I, I just I, listen. There's got to be some kind of structure. There's got to be some kind of option for. Um, listen, there's clubs who go through horrific injuries. As you, you look at Liverpool, for example, um, with the amount of defenders that that, that, that they've had out, and um, Klopp, who didn't bring a defender in, then goes and sticks his two best centre midfielders potentially at centre half against the best team in in England at the time, and they're going to get walloped four-one against Man City. And it, it, mate, crime, crime me a river. Look, every yeah, single. I'm not, I'm not a Liverpool fan or, or a Man City fan. I just, I just, I just think it's chance to win, doesn't it? That, like. Everyone's feeling sorry, you know, for Klopp at the, at the moment because he brought a little bit of joy back to Liverpool and whatnot. Um, of course, I feel sorry for the players and for him because of the injuries and whatnot. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of teams that go through that track, that that track yeah. now, and you do not hear about it at all. It is it is part and parcel of the um, of, of of football. You can't get everything perfect every time, you know. So even though you were riding on a high. You have to expect that where things might go sour. You might get angry. Um, your manager might get distracted. I think that brings the excitement of the game, you know, to, to, to a really high level. But the expectancy that you have to do business, especially in January, um, I, I think that should be removed. Um, but... At that time, you want players who are not playing and need to get some games, be able to go somewhere and get some games yeah. as well. It helps, it helps revitalize their careers as well, you know. So it's it's a bit uh, uh it's a catch twenty two, Ken Williams, because if 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 what what teams teams do like West Brom, for example, West Brom sacked the manager Slavin Bilic before the transfer window to mm-hmm. give the new manager Sam Allardyce an opportunity to bring his own players in. Because if you sack a manager yeah. and he's still got to work with the players who are still there, then yeah. he's only going to get he's only going to be able to to play the same probably standard without twe- tweaking a few tactics formation, picking a few different players. He's, he's probably still going to be hitting the same targets as the previous manager was. So it's, I understand it from that point of view, whereas if a manager still had his own, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a debate which, which, which could go on. John Sheridan. John Sheridan no, is I mean, the luckiest manager in, in world football, by the way. There are pros and cons to, 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 to that question. You know, the issue on transfer, transfer windows, they're, they're always... Things that you'll find out that is going to go good with it, and then there, there are things you're going to find that's, that's that's that shouldn't be there. But you know that's that's the world we live in. Unless they're going to start doing salary caps and and yeah, on yeah Unless. Let's not, yeah. not forget. No one cared when Jose Mourinho and he had two defenders fit. When when he was at Man United, it's it's the same for everyone, mate. And no, 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 this is what annoys me. Yeah, it's it is, like it is like it is yeah. He's just had a winter transfer window. He could have bought a defender in the summer, but for some reason, because it's Liverpool, everyone's like, oh, let's feel sorry for them. He didn't bring any joy side, don't worry. Don't take it that personal. Infuriates me because I get so much grief from Liverpool fans. I don't One one thing, one thing, what you just said there, though, Sai, you just said there that Mourinho, he had two, two defenders to work with. Then he brings because he, 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 yeah. he argued with them all though probably. But then you bring in then you bring in the top young player at Man United, Liverpool the same. You know what I mean? Instead of instead of as a young lad at Liverpool, you must be looking at the, the Man City game thinking, I'm yeah. I'm a centre half. I play, I'm playing for England under 18s, 19s, 20s, and I'm not That's even fun. involved because I've got Jordan Henderson and uh, Fabiano in, in centre half. It must be it must have been heartbreaking it, it, for some young players. It shows a lot uh, a, a lack of trust. Yeah. You yes. know, in their development and on what they have going on at the club, I think yeah. uh, that that there to me is respectful because the aim of your 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 academy 
and reserve team is to be able to bring through players if and when in doubt, you know. Um, and to see that, it was very tough to not have um, four or five defenders from, from, from that group that you could possibly call one if one gets injured, you call another one to at Banger. least get that experience in the sport. Then, then something has to be has to has to definitely be looked at in the entire developmental. Uh, yeah, yes, but on, like at the end of the day, totally the Premier the Premier League is supposed to have the best academy systems in the country, meaning that if the first team players and the reserves are injured or suspended or whatever it may be, then they you know they should be bringing in those young players if they're then, then bringing in a striker or a midfielder to play in defense or whatever instead of bringing in those young players it's... but then, but then say si, yeah but guys i, I then see it, it from i then see it from the the club's point of view as well then so the club's point of view is we've got this under 23 league which is an absolute waste of time because right. players aren't getting tested they're not competitive the old reserve team which is the old Pontins league which if you're not playing, you go and play week in, week out, midweek, and you earn your fitness. You get yourself, um, you get yourself in a in a in a positive, competitive frame of mind, ready to play. You play against experienced players as a young lad. You play to keep fit with young players, and that should come back. It's got to come back for for, for footballers and, and football to be competitive. That's got to come back instead of this 23 league. Go back to youth teams, to reserve teams, that, first teams. That that um on the 23 thing, I think that was um, the basis of you know that you um that. Rule that the, the the Premier League and football league placed in a few years ago about under twenty one players at the home ground. Um, I think that is what um, kind of facilitated that. I think reserve football for me was 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 the, well, the best place to go play when you're coming off injury, not playing, or as a young yeah. lad um, after you're not playing under eighteen, playing reserve football, which you look forward to because you would have, you know, when you play the big teams, you'll have you'll have. You know, fans watching, and it is a competitive environment. And the 23 is an absolute waste of time. Totally agree, but absolutely bang on. And there is there is a rumour, strong rumour, that it's going to come back. And I, I really hope they do bring it back. Is that I just think it's going to benefit everybody, benefit the young players, because they'll play against experienced players, proper players, in front of a crowd, on, on night games, under the floodlights. It'll, it's beneficial for everybody, I think, for me. Well, well, if it does, it, it has to be because of Brexit, because, you know, all the rules are, are, are going to be changed again. So they're not going to be able to facilitate too many um, foreign young players that they bring into the academies or whatever ages. Um, so you're going to have to do reserve football again and start using players and give them that, that, that segue into to, to, to man's football, you know. Um, so if, if it does come back, it will be, it will be wonderful. Yeah, hope, hope so. so. Fingers crossed. Let's, so. see. let's um, see. So let's go to some questions from, uh, from the live chat. Uh, so all the way back at the start of the show, Reese David Evans asked, is there anything that you miss about Wales? Um, the, sun. the sun. The sun. It must be the sun, mate. It has to be the sun. Sunshine. <laughs> to be honest, the, 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 the part of City fans were wonderful. Um... You know, I, I I couldn't ask for a better support cast while I was oh, that's there. It. Sure, sure over, sure's over. He said it. He said it. Now he's, that's it. Yeah. yeah what, what's uh, what's what's special about them, Kenwin? Because you know, what I mean, I, I say I, I've got nothing but positive to say about them. But what what what's what's different from all the other teams that you played for? I think I think I think the club, the the fans are that club. They they they, they support players. For, through and through 
where some of the clubs, you know, you, you get them on high times, even though they're turning up at the matches. Um, they support when things are going good, not when, you know, things are going bad. And I think they remember that, you know, uh, the, the players are human beings as well. Yeah. You know, as much as you're paying to see a product and think that you should see a machine out there at least, um, you have to understand also that players have, you know, a lot of the same problems that, that the regular person in the street has. And if anything else, they have a bit more pressure on them because their job is is an open office for everyone to, to, to view and scrutinize while they still have to go home and, and deal with whatever issues they have in their lives. So yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Me, so they were amazing, to be honest. So... I ha- obviously, the the issue is what were happening at the time when you when you were there. Obviously, with um, wearing red, um, then then the, the the supporters were obviously quite hostile, but they still backed the players. You know what I mean? Was was that a difficult time then, Kenwin? Because obviously, you know what I mean. From an outsider at the time, so obviously I had left, and um, from an outsider, it was the most ridiculous situation to to, to be to be in. Um, and then obviously it transitioned and and they moved to blue. And how? How excited were the supporters? Could you feel it? How how difficult was yeah. it to wear red? What, what was it? What was the whole situation? Well, like? the, the thing is, the thing is, what I've what I've learned over my time on this earth is that some things you don't mess with. You don't mess with certain traditions and identities and fabrics of of, of institutions. You know, and, and I think you know, it was one of those cases where it's billionaires and their toys. You know, he decided that you know. Him. And to be honest, um, as much as 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 it upset the fans, he did something with with, with a product that he he actually owned, um, based on a lot of 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 what do you call it, um, sentimental, um, traditional values of his. He went with the the, the thing that had the most spiritual connection with him, which was things of the red, um, coming from the culture that he came from. You know, and I don't think that there was a level of understanding or common ground between him and the fans um, based on the fact that he would believe, well, it's my club, I own the club, I'll do what I want. And, you know, on the fan side, this is our club. We supported this from the beginning till end. This this is what we are. This is who we are. This is our colors. You know, this is what we do. So the, the, the middle ground, there wasn't accessible for a long time. Of course, that upset the fans and they directed their, 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 their anger and discomfort towards the, the owners of the club. And then, well, eventually it, it, it changed again, So, which was a good thing for a bit of harmony with, with, with the, the club owners and the fans again. I think it's, it was important, Sai, wasn't it? Because obviously we've had a discussion, we've had the chairman, um, we've had the chairman on here um, and obviously yeah. we, asked him, we asked him a question, we asked him the questions about it and it was a it was a mess. It was handled um, wrong. It was handled badly, um, and we all know that. Listen, it's it was a mistake, but it was it was something that that like you said, the owner was passionate about and wanted to try and wanted to do it. And I don't think he realised the the heritage, the history, how passionate the fans were. You know what I mean? The, the Cardiff fans are mad. They're mad about the club. They're mad about the blue. They're mad about what they do. The with the traditions, the way that they uh, the way they manage themselves during games. It's just a, it's it's a different run football club from the stands. It's just it is a you know what I mean? And that's. That's probably going back to when I joined uh, under Sam Herman. You know what I mean? They're, they've had some absolutely silly, silly, crazy chairman. You know what I mean? But in a good way. You know what I mean? Who, who, backed, who backed the club. Sam backed the club financially. 
Peter Ridsdale, oh, and not many people have got a good thing about Peter to say about Peter, but he backed the club again financially and what ploughed a lot of money in. Um, and obviously, the chairman now has, has done the same thing again. So we can only say good things about, but people make mistakes along the way, like we've all, like 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 everybody does. You know, and, he, and yeah. he's held his hands up by by moving it back. You know, so fair play, fair play to everybody. Yeah, Kenwin, um I do another show with um, with Kev McNaughton, obviously a former teammate of yours. He spoke about um, like his thoughts on the same thing in one of our shows, and just like it just put more pressure on the players, really, which wasn't needed. Like it just creates an atmosphere which wasn't needed. The yeah. amount of fans, like I know people, including myself, who like haven't really gone back to their old habits of going to the football every Saturday and because in the sort of year to 18 months where I stopped going I found I just started doing other things with on my Saturdays and I created new habits and I found it very difficult to go back and just forget all about it I have been back um but I don't go as religiously as I used to like from the player's point of view was it frustrating like to have extra pressure from that yeah, I think Kevin's absolutely right. You know, um, it brought unnecessary pressure, and also I think it changed the, the the focus of where the fan support should go. So when you're caught up with other issues like that, you know, fighting the owners of the club, um, you throw in a hundred percent support behind the team and rallying them. You know, giving them that that extra lift to be able to go on and, and, and win games and do well. It um, it was diverted way too much. So you know, um, like anything else, I think even you know for foreign players, when you when you come to a country and you get into a club, you try to ingrain yourself in that club, um, be part of the fabric, pretty well understand, and have um, a, a big understanding of culture and tradition. And I think that 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 the owners when they when they came. Again, it's like billionaires and their toys. It's, it's you know, I'm going to do whatever I want. They're going to have to go to court because I'm supporting the club financially and I'm not really going to give a, uh, a, a toss about, you know, what they think or, 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 or whatnot. Hmm. And it didn't yeah. work well in that situation. But I think though, they, they didn't really think of the players also, did they? You know, you know what I mean? No, I mean, you know what I mean? They, they didn't think, think of anyone, mate. The they thought themselves and, the, and they thought the decision and, and it was just going to run smoothly. It was everything was going to be a success. And unfortunately, yeah. it back, backfired in a, in a huge way. And um, there's, there's certain people like they were eat humble pie. Yes, there are certain things money can't buy. So I totally yeah, agree. Totally agree. Gaz totally says, agree. do a Ken win and Kev show. I don't know if oh, that's yeah. how, how is uh, how mad is how mad is Kev Kenwin? Because obviously I know I know how mad he is, and Sai obviously um, knows how mad he is. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really have that kind of opinion of him. I think he was a really good teammate. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed you know, training with them and, and playing with them. I think they were fantastic for the club and fantastic. You, you couldn't, you couldn't you understand know? him. Couldn't understand him though, right? Nah, it was a bit difficult, but you know, uh, I, I have trouble I understanding him. <laughs> yeah, I can't understand but, him. Um, no, he is a le- legend, is our Kev. Um, oh, on that, on that now, Gaz sent a super chat and he said, um, oh, I'll put it up on the screen. He said, to celebrate getting 250,000 views, thanks. Uh, I have a question for Sai. Oh my gosh, no one ever asked me questions. Uh, he said, how much would you sell Ace Podcast Nation for and wh- what would be your price? <laughs> He's going to buy um, it. 
Sunday, uh, yeah. is, that, is, that, is that an offer, guess? I don't know. Yeah, um, wow. Probably bought it for a fiver. I would say, I would say uh, my answer to that would be I wouldn't sell it unless it was like life-changing, life-changing retirement money. Absolute minimum would be like a million. I wouldn't sell it for less than that, no matter what it was. Even if it was like 500 grand, I wouldn't sell it. If someone wants to test that theory, then they can crack on and maybe it'll be different. You go with it. <laughs> no, I, it, the, the the positive side of it, like the my, the effect it has on my mental health, the enjoyment I get from it, the friends I've met made from it, doesn't really like it doesn't interest me selling it. Like I've got big plans for it over the long term. So, but yeah, you know, when, when the suit when the suitcase is there. Full of cash, maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll be a different thing, and, and maybe where my wife is, you know, she'll be involved in the decision as well. And you know, it could get she's already, she's already spent that fiver, yeah. Well, sorry, it's, it's, all right. it's all right though, because she spent it on a microphone for me, so it's fine. She's nah, too good for you, she is too good for me, far too good for me, mate. Too good. It's an understatement, mate. Um, well, so we got questions, questions, questions. Rob Boyle says, "Who's the biggest Trinidad legend? Yourself or Dwight York?" Um, the biggest Trinidad legend would be Brian Lara, actually. Absolutely. Mm. But if yeah. it was between you and Dwight York, I've got to say it was you. Uh, well, it'll definitely be Dwight. You know, he's. Um, no, I can't be over that. The Champions League and that type of stuff. So, I mean, to be honest, I am not. I'm not one of them who, who, who lives my life for those for the titles. You know, yeah, yeah. What I did was for myself and for my family. I'm gonna be honest. Fans came last because I didn't get into the game because of fans. I got I got into the game because I, I loved it, and you know, it worked out pretty well for me. And then you gain you gain support. I think from from family, friends, and, and and fans later on, so I'm not worried about those titles at all. Nice, I like it. I, lo I love these answers. Yeah, I love so the right. honesty, mate. Um, yeah, great, Donna says, uh, "Who was your favourite manager out of all your out of all the ones you played under at Cardiff City?" Oh, at Cardiff. Yeah. Um. Well, damn. Can I say none? <laughs> I'm not going to say. <laughs> Yeah, you can uh, say none if you want. To be honest, uh, wow. Who did I have? I had, I had Lee and I had... <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it'll probably have to be Ole. I, I can't say that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the manager was that big. He was in a way, to be honest. Really yes, that's, that's interesting. So interesting. Why, did, why, why did things not work out for him then, Kenwin? You know what I mean? Because he... he... He doesn't. He doesn't get the best um, feedback from Cardiff City fans. You know what I mean because of uh, of, of of how things materialised for Cardiff City. But, uh, I, I but that's everyone's opinion. Championship level was in his level. You know, to be honest with you, and he, he would come in there and try to do things, and then you'll have too many people getting involved and making decisions for him. Right. You know, like it, it, it was. It was. It was pretty. It was pretty weird when I left, when I went to, to the Middle East and that, going for that, that, that six-month period. I was to, I was totally fed up with how things were being run at the club, to be honest. Um, you have like, the chairman and the, the coming in and making all sorts of stupid decisions, which 
they should be involved in really when it comes to football. And I don't yeah. think um, as a manager, he was strong enough in that position at the club as well. So he would often get, get, get override in a lot of things. And it didn't make sense. They, 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 need, they need a proper... I know now they have Mick McCarthy and he's older. He's, you know, he's been in the game on time and experienced. So things would be stabilized in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a better way than it was, you know, all in years ago. Um, with that, um, just a couple of things. With Ollie, I think one of the reasons he gets a bit of a raw deal is the way that Malky Mackay was kind of ousted, having never been in the bottom three and all that sort of stuff. I don't think that helped him. But also, um, I'm kind of interested in something you said there about the chairman uh, like making decisions and, and getting involved in that side of it. Was that like team selections or playing certain players? What, what, what? Well, Can you they, clarify they, that? They, they tried to. They even tried tactics as well. You know, so. oh, wow. You don't want... I think the chairman and, and, and the owner and, and, and people of that nature at the club, they should focus on incompletions and balance sheets and that type of stuff. And, yeah, and of course. They, they should be involved in tactics. Uh, you leave, you know, you leave the, the, the specialists to, to take care of their jobs. You know, players play, the the the, the managers manage, the, the administrators, you know, they, they, um, they, they do yeah. their job. You know, stick, stick, stick to your lane. Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. I completely well, agree. And, the, um, the thing is, Osai, that's been happening over the years. You can go back to Sam Man's time where... Chairman yeah. should stick to do what they do. You know, I mean, Kenry just said it there that you know, what I mean, stick to do what they do. You know, what I mean, they run the club from top to a to a certain level, and that let other people run from football and run the run the, run the football side. And Sam Amman did it. You know, what I mean, Peter Ridsdale had a bigger input. You know, what I mean, the chairman now has had too much of an input. You know, what I mean, like sometimes you see the more successful clubs who are really stable because they're stable because <laughs> everyone knows the jobs. Everyone knows the job. Yeah, you have a seat here in Trinidad and Tobago. You say jam in your sections. That's that's right. what you need to do. If you're if you're the one carrying the ice, you make sure you keep carrying the ice, and you be the best ice carrier you can be. Because the the when you when you when you focus on your job and do the things that you're supposed to do, I mean you're contributing to the overall cause. You know, um, I always say the sum of all parts is what makes anything go 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 right. You know. If, if, if you're not doing a job, well, then, of course, the, the, the entire ship is going to fall apart. Yeah, 100%. Love that. 100%. Love that. Um, Reese asked uh, Kenwin, he said, as someone who played with him, just how good was Peter Whittenham? Um, Peter was really, really good, you know. Rest in peace to him and come to the family once again. He was really, really good. Um, I think... Um, he was one of those players who was really in a comfort zone at Cardiff. You know, he's if, if you ask anyone, he's probably the most bothered person you'll ever find. Um, but at the same time, when it came to football on the pitch, he would be the best of himself. You know, uh, he loved playing football, and of course, he loved playing for Cardiff, I think. Um, so he, he, was, he was really good for the team. I'm not going to say he was good for morale because he's not the guy that's going to be you know, bringing the entire dressing room together and, mm. you know, that type of thing. But at the same time, 
you know, you can you can really picture going out and playing if he was involved. But he yeah. knew that himself, though, Kenman, didn't he? You know what I mean? I, I, I was lucky enough that I came across him uh, a couple of times in my life, in my career. I came across him uh, at um, Kev's testimonial game um, and... He just knew his he knew his limitations, like you said. He wasn't a big shouter, he wasn't a big screamer. But when he gave him the ball, he could just do something just so ridiculous with the ball. He was like a magician, you know. What I mean, the, he could put a corner, kick a free kick on somebody's forehead when he wants to do it. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a skill in itself, you know. And you just said there's something interesting about comfort zone, and I thought the same thing, you know. That uh, even when I saw him at Villa, I thought that's too easy for him. You know what I mean? Go on to the next level, Cardiff City. You know, be placing through Premier League, Carling Cups, FA Cups. Progress through going to going to Blackburn. Progress, you know. I mean, trying to just. I, I just thought like I, I, it's such a shame that a big club. Um, you know, I'm not saying Cardiff aren't a big club, by the way. So don't don't shout me down. Um, and uh, just someone had a, had, a, had a go at him because the the talents what he had, he could have gone into another level if he was given the opportunity. But be, maybe it's because yeah, it wasn't a big shout. What people what people don't understand is like I like I say to. To, to anyone, but when you really look at football and players and the skills and, and whatever, I would say that there are players that would never be the players that they are today if they were at certain clubs with their measures. Mm. Yeah. Right? So, to be, I'll, I'll be brutally honest, I think if you have Wayne and you put him in club, he would have flourished. Yeah. Right? Honestly, Cristiano Ronaldo, for me, if you had put him in. Um, Midline club or an old school type of, of, of playing club, he would not have been the player that he is today because to, to play that type of football, he would not have been able to. I would probably say the same thing for Messi as well, even though he is a, a, an extremely great talent. But if you had placed them under certain managers and certain clubs at the time, they would not have been able to flourish and they, yeah. you know, for the people that did the striking of them did really well to place them in the environment that, that, that they needed to flourish properly. So for, for a guy like 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 Wits, you can't see him go into any and any club and, and, and being able to, to, to get to that next level and flourish because yeah. his talents needed a bit of caressing, I would say. Yeah, no, I totally. Agree. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, obviously, when we've said, I'm we say, you know, what I mean, what happened was uh, was such a tragedy. But you know, what I mean, how the I, I just hope when all this um, COVID mess has 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 gone away, that the club can uh, can do something for him, and obviously for Chris as well, maybe potentially. So yeah, that that's, that is major. That will definitely be major. Yeah, well, we we've I know there's a there's a few people, especially in our group chat, who are. Who have uh, the pushing for for something? I don't know what it was. We were we were we were hoping for some kind of game, which 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 wasn't which wasn't allowed. Um, yeah, we spoke to, we spoke to the club about it. Um, I don't think, I don't think they were keen um, to raise money for the, for for charities and for the families because there was obviously two two obviously Cardiff City players died within a short space of time. Uh, and then we thought about naming stand. You know, what I mean, it's just something. You know, I just thought I just thought yeah. it's 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 it's, it's, it's a legend of the club. Yeah. But that, that, again, again, that when you when you think about and culture and 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 tradition, like when you think of the owners, they're not really ingrained in that tradition yet. So to yeah. to, to, to gravitate towards something like that, they're not going to do because yeah. they still see the club or or, or as as just you know um, dollars and cents, like pounds, pounds and and, and pence. Yeah. yeah. 
I yeah, totally, totally, totally agree. Totally agree. And 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 to be fair, when um, uh, when Mehmet was on the show um, earlier on in the year, we asked him about last it, year. We? Yeah, we asked him about everything. We asked him about various things, and that's what he's about. He's about he's about pounds, dollars, pennies. He's about you know what I mean. Telling he's very honest, very open and honest about about how much money the club's losing. How very honest about spending. Um, and you know what I mean. The club's obviously the same as any other club. You know what I mean. And that was that was back. Um, probably start of COVID that now potentially yeah. clubs like this are going to be in a right mess right mess yeah it is well we asked didn't we we asked him about like a tribute to Peter Whittenham on when he came on didn't we and I think um, it was kind of a, a non, non-committal answer and it's weird isn't it like why they don't seem to yeah I, th- I think it might have been different if, if he'd have been playing for City at the time um, I think I think you might have been Still, the, the like hand might have been pushed a little bit because so many years. Yeah, I totally, I totally you. agree. I totally agree. But sometimes it's 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 like the expectations that you know what I mean. That it, it, listen, you know what there's I mean. No, I, I, there's no way. There's no way around it. it, it, it is no. what it is. and you can't yeah. you can't you can't force it, can you? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. Is what it is. yeah, I totally agree. I totally 100%. agree. Percent. Um, so a load of my questions have all just disappeared, which is handy. But, Sorry, um, well, I'll throw, I'll throw one in. Um, Kenwin, I, I want to talk about the 2006 World Cup um, and I want to talk about the build-up to the 2006 World Cup and how excited we were. What was it, what was it like? Because there's not many, well, there's not many, not many people in, a, in, in the lifetime. Everyone's dream and aspiration is to play for the country. But to play at a World Cup um, must be, must be the, 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 the pinnacle of your dream, I guess. Yeah, it is. In, in, in my international career, it's the best thing that I've uh, that happened to me to be honest um obviously it it, it it was our historic moment first time we've ever did it um it meant a little bit more to me personally because my uncle used to play before and we came close to qualifying in 1989 for the 1990 World cup and i was about five five going on six years old and um you know i could remember those moments quite clearly and he was sort of one of my heroes growing up. So to be able to do that 25 years after was like really amazing because the thing is, it was, it, it is, and also it, it was like it was meant to be because 25 years prior to their chance, you know, in 1973, we had a chance to make it to the 1974 World Cup. And of course, previous decisions, no goal line technology then and all of that type of stuff. Um, you know, we didn't make it. And then, you know, for them, it was 25 years later. And then for us, making it to the World Cup was another 25 years. So it was really special when all of those things, when you consider it like that. Um, again, for me, I was like 20, 20, 21 years old when I played at the World Cup. Um, it's not something that, you know, you actually have as a dream. It's it's, it's a virtual dream to get there, but yeah. it's actually and coming from the Caribbean is not something that you expect to see, you know, ever in your lifetime. And, and to be able to do it at that time, I was the, also the youngest and team at that time as well. So that, that that was a very special moment for me. Did it make it even special with the draw? Obviously, the first game was uh, was obviously a big game. Um, obviously, all, honest, all three were big games. But To, to be honest, I, I really didn't care. I mean... At that time, I was I was I was at Southampton, um, but I didn't really care that we were playing England. You know, at the end of the day, the World Cup alone is, is its own attraction. 
So whoever you play, it it, it doesn't really matter to, to get to the to the to the pinnacle of, of the competition with them was just you know was just amazing. Oh, which, which is, uh, listen, you know what I mean, to, to, to play for your country, the amount of challenge you play for your country was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. But then obviously the year later, uh, you got named Trinidad uh, Player of the Year in 2007. How special a moment was that? Because obviously there's been some some big names on that. Again, again, to be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't, you know, I, have, I, I, I never dreamed of that type of stuff. It's not something that I actually went up for. I didn't even really know about it, to be honest. I know the the award the awards exit, but it wasn't on my radar to say I'll be coming for that type of thing. And I was actually named, you know, Trinidad and Tobago Football of the Year four times, you know, after that. So it's like I'm I'm very appreciative of the of the accolades. Um, like I said, I didn't start playing football for accolades anyways. You know, I just played it because I loved it and and, and wanted to 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 continue um uh generational talent and sport within my family and you know thank god I, I i was able to take it to the level that i did because you know i had people my dad and my uncle and they they, they played football before me and they got to, to come busy and hike locally and then you know i was able to explode onto the scene and take it globally so i that that was my my main driving force for for for, for getting into the sport and playing it Obviously, you speak there about, about about family and things. So, it, does family play the big part in pushing you to the limits that you that, that you achieved in your career, or starting, um, especially starting at, at the beginning? Um, not, not necessarily. You know, it was just about me doing my own thing. That was my pathway through life. You know, I, I went to school um, at, at the at the early points. I I had um, experience in playing for the national under seventeen team. I start. I started getting exposed to, to different countries and, and football and, and the career of football properly during that time. So that was just my driving force. You know, um, at the end of the day, when you have your kids, you can't you can't try to impress on them what you want them to be because they're going to grow up and and do their own thing. And like my parents never forced me to play any sports. You know, they they were just bothered about me yeah, making my way through life and. To be honest, not, I, I wasn't even bothered. But like my first, my first love as a sport was athletic. To be honest, so you know, up until like the age of, I'll say like twelve, I was heavily into athletics. And when I went to like my secondary school, I didn't have, I didn't have an athletics program. And then my parents couldn't really afford to to spend the money behind. You know, the, the being at the club and proper training and all of that. So I just ended up playing football and cricket at school. I was pretty good at all of those. Went through school and at the end of school, because we have some, you know, uh, big school championship and the league that goes on here, um, I was offered 17 scholarships to go to America, different of those uh, top level schools to play. And I turned it all down because I had the chance to go on, on a few trials. Uh, a year before I finished school, I went to like Glasgow Rangers, Middlesbrough, and you, that type of thing. So it, I didn't want to give up the chance of trying my hand at being a professional. 
because I know I could get to go to school and have an education for the rise, regardless, you know. So I turn all of that stuff down to, to, to try and pursue a professional career. I like that. I, I, um, obviously, you, you mentioned there about uh, something I want to touch on. By the way, I want to I I go back to cricket later on because I think uh, it's 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 something Come that questions I, about cricket. Yeah, uh, we'll go back to that one. But uh, you said about um, Middlesbrough, uh, Man United. I, I read I read somewhere about Rangers as well before. Obviously, they, then you went to Southampton and for there. So what was what was going to those clubs like? Did you did did, did you enjoy it? Um, what was the feedback? No. Were you, how close well, were you to for any? The first place I went to to be honest, was Glasgow Rangers, and that was an eye-opener for me. Um, manager at that time was Alex McLeish, and um, I went to the academy, I actually went to Rangers twice, and the experience of, 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 of being at the club was, was such an eye-opener. I think that was probably one of the, the main driving forces in me, in, in me trying to pursue a professional um, after that, a year later, I went to, or actually, no, a few months later, I um, went to, to my new Man United for a week, and then I went to Middlesbrough for a week, and that in itself, again, was another another driving force for me. Um, I, I particularly loved my time, you know, on trial at, at Middlesbrough at that time. That is where I, well, I met Stuart Brown, and, and quite a few friends that I have today. You know, from the time that I went to those trials, that's why I met them. You know, um, and I think um, who was the uh, Jonathan Woodgate was still playing. Um, you had you also had um, Scarsfield still playing for 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 Borough. You had the the Stuart Downings and the academies. Those were the people that I was mixing it up with. And um, at, um, sorry, Steve McLaren was the manager at that time. Uh, big, uh, big, 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 at the end of the day, those experiences, um, you know, gave me that push to, to keep. Yeah, the experiences gave me the push to keep going because I do think that, you know, for, for coming from where I come from, being able to have that opportunity um, is it's a once in a lifetime thing, and you don't really pass up those chances because I'm not a person that, that lived with um, regret. Whether they were good experiences or bad, I think I think I've just it's just a, a really humble way to, to to answer, a really humble way to look at it, and I think it's it's amazing that you've got those experiences to um, to look back at and to and to, and to realise where you want to where you want to go, what you want to do. You know what I mean? To mix the the, the people that you just that you just named there as as young people before you know what I mean. Then you went to Southampton. It's just a it's just an amazing journey to uh, to get where you want to be, and that's that's not even covering um, half of it. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing, you know, you can, you can only, if you're, if you're into football and you become a professional, the most you're going to become a professional for is, is 15 years, if you like. Mm-hmm. You know, some, the ones who are the best, they have a 20-year career in football as a player. But most people, most people, you have, you have 15 years, and that's barring injuries and, and whatnot. Some, some, 
some have strength of players and some have absolutely none. You know, but still, at the end of the day, you're not guaranteed to become a professional. And no matter what, it is only for a period of your life. When you finish football, you're fairly, you're, you're fairly young in life and you have a lot more to live in that time. So, I mean, for the period, you know, and, and, and it's unfortunate that you have a lot of young kids that, you know, end up taking their lives because they, they, they've been left by clubs. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's unfortunate that they haven't been exposed to, to life in general and having different options. So that, you know, if you if, if one pathway doesn't work out for you, you have something else to go to. You know, that can be of interest. But again, yes, the lure of, 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 of the Premier League and being a professional footballer is so much that they just gravitate to just that only, which I do think is a bit dangerous. But, you know, it is well, what it is at this moment. Obviously, you didn't finish in England, Kenwin, but obviously the, the, tran- the transition in England um, to, to coming out of the game is, is not great. It's getting a little bit, well, it's getting quite a lot of criticism. Um, the PFA are getting a lot of criticism. Um, there's companies being set up um, to help the transition, which I think is fantastic, um, giving players an opportunity to, um, to get back into education, to um, get back into clubs, an ambassador role, into um, other roles which, 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 then, which are meaningful. Um, what's your thoughts on, on, on players coming out of the game and, and, and the organisation like the PFA? What, what, what should they be doing more? Uh, uh, I think the PFA needs to start working. To be honest with you, they, they've made, they've obviously made a lot of strides. They, they've been around for 100 years or so um, and have made some strides. But I think they actually need to, to, to get active and have a lot more ex-players involved in the PFA. Well, because it's interesting. Won. I don't know if you've seen um, John Walters. John Walters tweeted yeah. yesterday that he he's applied to, to be the new CEO. Yeah, yeah. Which, which. That's awesome. Listen, it's. A, I think it's. A, I think it's an unbelievable um, thing to do. I think it's an unbelievable opportunity for an ex-player, a current ex-player, thing to give some advice. But the PF should be mostly filled with ex-players. I think. Yeah, I agree. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that know that what is going to be needed because not everyone has the the, the, the top bunker career. You know, uh, not everyone would have been around big or uh, you know, most of the players that play in the league are the ones that just go to the factory and fuck their cars everywhere, do their hours and then go home. And then yeah. after that, they have to figure those are the ones you find who want to stay in football and be coaches and be managers just stay around football because of, of course yes you're around football but of course the money is in it as well but at the end of the day as a as an individual you can do so much more than be involved in football in only one aspect yeah i i, I agree i agree i just uh, it's got to start somewhere, though. So if this is if this is Jonathan getting involved, and then he can filter down and bring his own little his own people in, the people he believes will make a difference. At, and, and that that could be someone who's played at various levels, like you say, not somebody who's been at the top. Because how can a player who's been at the top all their career relate to someone who's been in League Two and finished at twenty one, twenty two? It's well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you see that you see that based on the comments uh, 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 or the comments that are on on the various networks. They're the ones who've had the fantastic players. They've been at the clubs that, that allow them to be able to be successful. You know, the ones that are fighting for titles all the time and they're not scrapping yeah. off the relegation and, and just trying to stay in that place to stay in the league and hopefully 
trying to get as far as possible in the stuff. You know, so so their views, no disrespect to them, are a bit biased, you know, on what a footballer yeah. should actually be and how they should carry on. Um, you, you, you get various um, or varying, um, you know, accounts of a footballer's career if you go down the list or go down to, to different clubs and different teams. So you, you, you can't really take their opinion, you know, as, as, as gold because at the end of the day, when you finish winning five Premier Leagues or, 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 or you've won two Champions League, how can you tell me about the man that is... Um, that, that had a rough time with a manager, didn't really play that much, got bounce around to a lot of clubs and then struggle and, and probably, you know, finish leaving before 30 years old. You can't yeah, say no, I agree. Spot on, mate, spot on. Um, okay, yeah, Kevin, to finish us off, mate, I'm just going to randomly select uh, three questions from the viewers because there's been so many, mate, and uh, it's difficult to get through all of them. We have covered a lot of the stuff that's been asked, uh, so let's have a look. I'm going to go with this one. Nathan Evans asked, uh, what was the decision behind the loan move to Bournemouth? Uh, hope you're well, he says. Huh. Yeah. Nate, that's, that's something way over my head. Like I said, it's dollars and cents for a lot of uh, people, pounds and pence. And when that, when that came along, it absolutely had nothing to do with me. It was just dropped on me, listen, Bournemouth want you a loan. They're going to pay such and such for the loan period. And I think, you know, it, it's a good opportunity for you to go up there. And I'm thinking, like, what? So I don't have I don't, I don't, don't have a, a decision in this matter. And I was like, if this institution is going to do business that way, you know, I might as well just go there for a month, take my mind off the, the, the nonsense that's going on at Cardiff and, and enjoy some football. It's incredible, mate, that is. It really is. Um, yeah. Reese says, um, who were you closest with while at Cardiff and was there anyone you didn't get along with? Um, there is no one I never ever didn't along with anywhere that I've been, you know. Um well, one of my closest guys is, is Sean Morrison. You know, we are still close to this day, which is a good thing because uh, he's a really good person. Of course, he's captain now and a really good leader for the club. And he's but, mad, Kenwin, and he's mad as he's, he's, he's mm -hmm. mad as a boxing yeah, frog as well. He is a nut on me, and I love it. <laughs> I really love it. It's really, which really is important. Is it, Kenwin? It's important, isn't it? It's important to have that kind of person involved in the football dressing room, team, squad. Oh, you need, you need, you need various characters in a dressing room because at different times, those characters are going to be needed. Sometimes you're not going to have the best day, but another person is, is the one that's going to hold the team up and, and, and push you forward. So if if, if if everything was black and white or grey, it would have been really boring. Yeah. And um, last one from the chat there, mate, just to finish us off. Uh, I know Andy's got one more question for you as well. Um, Nathan said, what was your best memory from your time at Cardiff City? Oh wow! Um, Leave it. Wow. <laughs> um, to, be, to be honest with you, it's just I think it's the entire time just being involved with times, you know, um, and daring yourself to the to a new fan base and and being part of a new movement. I think is something that I always look forward to in my career. Um, 
there is nothing that happened off the pitch that was either really good or really bad or you know, on the pitch. I think I think we had a, a great bunch of guys that that would uh, as possible because we all you know love the team and love the club that much. So that that was it really. Sweet, cool. Um. Ian did ask as well. Um, he's asked a couple of questions, so I wanted to get this one in. He said, um, uh, what are you up to now uh, regarding football or work, or are you just chilling out and retired? Um, I'm becoming what I should have done in the, before I became a professional. I'm actually going to school. I'm doing a bit of um, sport management. Um, I'm also involved with Andy in some backdoor ventures. Totally legal, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, they 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 really good out there, and I'm happy that this is the time that it came around. Apart from that, I'm doing a little bit of coaching back in my country, and 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 most of all, I'm enjoying the weather. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, right, and Andy, do you want to finish us off, mate? Yeah, obviously, obviously, been uh, obviously working closely with uh, with Kenwin over the last uh, last few months at Black Diamond. Uh, I just want um, Kenwin to give everybody an insight of, uh, of, of if in, in a few words of your dreams and aspirations um, oh, with Black Diamond for um, Trinidad and Tobago, Kenwin. Sorry, uh, my internet was turned up a little bit. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, just, just, just obviously working with Black, working with Black Diamond now. Just your dreams and aspirations that how how you expect um, Black Diamond and Trinidad and Tobago to work together over the next um, months and years. Oh well, yeah. Well, we're 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 not about. I mean, I know that's a tagline for for Black Diamond, you know, uh, an agency for players, but in in my region, we're we're looking at you know restructuring professional football and building uh, uh, something bigger than just football, you know, um, obviously lifting the standard of, of, of the structure of the league and, and players and bringing that to the environment, but also to, to uplift most of the communities that are depressed, you know, we have that around the world. And, and one one great example I think we have of, uh, uh, of any framework is football, you know, football can still affect um, any community anywhere in the world in a positive way. It helps uplift the, the, the community, whether it is by the interaction with the club or even interaction with each other. And and, and the hope is, is to bring that only to Trinidad and to the but to the region in the in the Caribbean. And which I think is amazing. just an amazing thing, Sai. You know, I mean this is obviously our, Kenwin's idea dream and, and for me leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy behind for everyone else to follow suit, and and just to look after the generation of kids, kids, and kids as kids, and and following on because, listen, we want the foundation, we want the schools, we want people to have an opportunity and aspirations to uh, to follow suit, and you know what I mean, and have, give people the opportunity that, that that Kenwin's Kenwin's had, and he wants to pass that opportunity down to people, and I just think that's amazing, and and what an opportunity this could be for everybody, and uh, and it's all thanks to this guy on uh, on our show tonight. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't agree more. Okay, um, uh, let's wrap us up there, mate. Um, Kenwin, thank you so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your honesty as well. Um, we'll definitely be getting some uh, some clips and stuff out over the next couple of days because uh, it's been a real fun show. 
Um, and I apologise to everyone. I know loads of people have asked questions. It's just so many. Just can't get through them all. Um, so I apologise if anyone did uh, miss any. I know there's been a few. But we tried to get through as many as we can. Um, of course... We'll be back on Friday for the championship show at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can also get the Danny Batten fight show Wednesday. Uh, we've got UFC uh, female strawweight Corey McKenna, the Welsh sensation, on uh, this week, which is going to be another good show. And um, we've also got a Super Kev unscripted coming this week. Not sure on the day yet. Um, Kev's got to confirm his coaching schedule. Just uh, look out on social media for that. But... Um, Yes, indeed. Big thank you to Bespoke Financial for sponsoring the show. And, of course, Black Diamond Sport for all their support around everything. Massively appreciated, as always. Andy Campbell, thank you, sir. Oh, brilliant. I had another amazing show. Kenwin, thanks so much for your time, your insight, your opinions. A fun show, amazing. A great guy. Um, I, can't, I can't speak any more highly of you. Um, thanks again to everyone, all the viewers. Uh, I had another amazing show next week. Next Monday, just as a little taste, we have got another Cardiff City, ex-Cardiff City player coming on, so uh, watch this space, that's all I'm going to say. Cardiff City, legend. Someone <laughs> I grew up, I grew up watching. But um, it's going to be interesting, I really can't wait. But this one, mate, was massive for me personally, as a Cardiff City fan, as a football fan. Like, uh, I really I really admired uh, Kenwin throughout his career, so to be able to sit here for a, a good hour and a half and just chat and ask you questions and just listen to your stories and i yeah, really great. appreciate i appreciate your honesty as much as anything mate such a cool guy and to just like you haven't dodged any questions you've given honest answers i got so much respect for that or oh, every day of the week and yeah. uh, thank needs you to, to needs everybody to work on his dodging needs to work on your dodging Kenan. yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I do want to say thanks to, to, to all the supporters obviously of your show um the part of 60 fans that sent in their questions. I uh, had a brilliant time. Thank you for having me. Um, I've never been not honest in my life, so I don't think that <laughs> the show would have changed me. But I do appreciate the um, the insight and and, and the, the the opportunity to speak with you guys. I hope that this podcast goes over four hundred thousand within a month. Let's push it up there and um. Yeah, you know, man. hopefully everyone can, can stay safe during this time. Um, Wash your hands, yeah. sanitizer, self-quarantine, whatever you need to do because this pandemic is killing a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. totally agree. Totally agree. Again. Great way to finish. Spot on, mate. Just a little tip for everyone. Um, what Kevin McNaughton does, if he doesn't want to answer a question, is he just basically says, F off. Uh, and that's a fact. So that's just a little tip for everyone there. Um, but but granted, he does drink gin throughout the show as well. Uh, we'll be back some point this week doing that. But it's always fun. Uh, Kenwin, Andy, a pleasure. Everyone who's got involved, thank you very much. And um, what I will say, because normally we get asked to do this, but for some reason everyone's forgotten this week, I would like you two legends to do the Ayatollah so I can screenshot it. And use it as it's a go on social media, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Ready? So, uh, so you've got the Ayatollah, gentlemen. Three, ready, go. There we go. Cool. There we go. Is it working or not? Yeah, yeah done sorted, but yeah, sorted, seen it. All sorted, go on, my son. <laughs> see, see, you, see you Friday. Yeah, yeah, love it. Cheers.
Network.